ready to visit Lebanese around the world on Destinations with Leila. Destination takes us to London this week. We are catching up with Nasri Atalla. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How is uh, deconfined uh, London treating you? It seems people are very much out and about these days. Yes. Yeah. We're all losing our minds. Uh, very cautiously losing our minds. <laughs> It's been a very tough few months, so everyone's happy to be out and about. Nasri, you are a writer, a producer, and all-around entrepreneur, co-founder of Last Floor Productions. And for some years now, you've been contributing to GQ Middle East, writing really interesting mm -hmm. profiles of leading Arab creatives. And then last August, you wrote a very personal article inside Beirut's Broken Heart, um, mm -hmm. gripping description of August 4th, where you were, you know, what you felt, the sadness, the, the despair, and, and this phrase that comes back, this leitmotiv, to be Lebanese is to be brokenhearted. And I think everyone who read that could relate. That article was really powerful and somehow it still resonates uh, with me. I imagine how cathartic writing this piece was for you at the time. Yeah, you know, actually, I wasn't really planning to write anything uh, because, I mean, I was in, I was visiting Beirut when the explosion happened, and I left uh, the next day or the day after, so August 6th or something. Very, I was very conflicted about leaving actually, even though I had been away from my wife and my my home in London for a month, but. Um, I was kind of scheduled to leave and everyone told me, no, you should probably leave and be with your wife who's alone dealing with this. And um, I, I didn't think it was my place really to say anything. I think people had much more kind of, their lives were much more damaged than mine was. And all I had was trauma along with everyone else in the city. And actually it was the editor-in-chief at the time of GQ, Adam, by the way. He said, like, I'd really love you to write something about this. And usually, like I write celebrity profiles and stuff for GQ, so this isn't really what I what I tend to do for GQ. Um, but he kind of gave me the space to say, "Look, like just." And I told him, "I don't know what's going to come out. Like it might be a mess. Like what comes out of my my brain is not very coherent. It's just like a jumble." At the time, I still probably wasn't sleeping very well, like proper PTSD, um, and. Actually, yeah, writing it and sending it to them, I actually thanked them a lot a few times, even before it was published, telling them like writing this was a real form of therapy for me uh, in kind of processing, of course, my emotions about August 4th, but also, yeah, just more generally the the lifetime of trauma that, you know, being Lebanese, I'm not, I'm not an exceptionalist, so I don't think Lebanon's the worst place on earth. You know, we tend to say no country has as much heartbreak, no country, it's the best country, it's the worst country. I'm, I, I don't speak in those terms, but I do think, you know, if you look at it all, um, actually in that article, I do list a friend of mine, Andrew, our son wrote a book about Lebanon uh, and he lists like all of the events that have happened just since 2005. And so I relist them in the article and Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot for one place to take. It's a lot for one population to take. Um, so yeah, it, it was really, I mean, I think any kind of creative outlet or just talking about these things. And I did see a lot of people even talking about it, you know, people did Instagram lives, people were tweeting about their emotions, like people really needed to externalize uh, like something deeply trauma. I think very hard to explain to people who weren't there, like what the, what the emotion on that day was. 
I mean, this is, of course, besides, you know, just being there, not even if your house was destroyed, if you lost someone, if you were injured, like those are all even way worse, obviously, but just, just being there and experiencing the feeling of that day um, is very hard to, you know, even, I don't think, I mean, the article goes some way to expressing it, but I'm not sure I even put everything in there. And, and since then, um, being in London, being abroad, mm. how important is it to keep talking about Lebanon? I kind of feel like every Lebanese abroad serves or, or should serve as an ambassador. Yeah, I mean, we kind of do it naturally. And I think we go through phases. So at some points, we've been kind of ambassadors of, oh, it's a party town. You should know, forget everything you've seen in the media. Just come. It's a party town. Enjoy it. And now we're more in a different phase, which is like uh, what's happening is really tragic, like beyond the explosion, obviously the financial crisis. And it's just happened so quickly. Like, I think a lot of us even haven't wrapped our heads. I mean, I think if you're in the country, I've been lucky enough, even during the pandemic, I've been three times for work. And even those three times I've realized the degradation. I think people in the country kind of out of self-preservation try to not think about it every minute of the day. Uh, but when you're outside the country, I think you spend a lot of time thinking about your family and your friends and, and everything that's happening there and how you can help. Um, but yeah, like, and now, and now it's kind of a sadder ambassador role, which is, you know, like if I have friends looking for a graphic designer here, I tell them, no, you should hire someone in Lebanon. Or, you know, it's it become more practical uh, in a way, less, less uh, you know, oh, we have the best bars and the best whatever. And more just like, No, if you if you can, please hire someone in Lebanon. They're really talented, really eager, excited to do stuff, and they'll be really you know appreciative of the experience. Um, so yeah, it's kind of I don't know if it's a sadder or more just like practical role that's shifted. I also think the um, sometimes where there's this antagonistic relationship between people in the country and people in the diaspora, like oh you're the ones who left, you're the ones who stayed. Like what's wrong with you? Like both people ask the others like what's wrong? Like why did you leave? Why did you stay? Whereas I think it's actually a very the strength of the diaspora is uh, like isn't negligible. Like it's really powerful to have a global diaspora. Uh, that is connected to the, I think ours is very connected to the country. Like it still has strong roots and everyone has family members. I mean, even the diaspora has been affected by the financial crisis because everyone, you know, a lot of people left their money Absolutely. in Lebanon, yeah. believed in the place so much. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's an ongoing conversation, I think, like what it means to be in the Lebanese diaspora. But I definitely think now it's a more active role than it's ever been. So you were talking about hiring Lebanese. So recently you took a leap into a film and, and television production with Last Floor Production. And you've been working with people in Lebanon. It's a way of helping out. I think it's really important for those abroad to try and hire fellow Lebanese as much as we can. And with this pandemic, right, we've realized that in so many fields we can work remotely. You said hire a graphic designer. I know someone in Washington who just hired a personal trainer for you know <laughs> online workouts or someone else here who hired a, a, a copywriter so that mm -hmm. I think I guess is one of the roles that the diaspora can play to kind of build a network and help uh, people in Lebanon yeah definitely I mean we we had two productions in Lebanon over the course of the pandemic and um just felt like kind of really lucky that we were able to hire I would say like across the two projects like upwards of a hundred people uh, in Lebanon and like making those transfers. because obviously now there's this crazy system in Lebanon of like fresh money. Fresh and so not. like, yeah, so like money has to come in from abroad. So we were getting paid kind of in the, because our company is a UK company. 
And so we were able to pay people in Lebanon from the UK. So they were able to access their money, which, you know, like just felt kind of, it was an added layer of, you know, besides the being proud of the project and working with great people, it felt nice that we're also kind of, you know, somehow um, offering, you know, like a way to think also like outside of the misery of the day to day um, about like, you know, exciting projects and getting paid properly and all of this stuff. So, um, and it's, you know, you do run into like some hurdles here and there. Like, you know, I kept getting asked by my bank, like, why do you work with Lebanon so much? Like Lebanon isn't the most desirable place in the world in the, in the, in terms of the financial system, the global financial system. So there are like challenges to it, but um, I think then it becomes about, you know, what, like we believe in it like we believe in Lebanon there's so many we, we're lucky to work with so many kind of recent graduates so a lot of 21 22 year olds who are so full of talent who often feel a bit stuck because of the situation uh, and now like you know like their prospects for even like traveling on holiday etc are kind of reduced so I don't know it's just like I, it just feels like it would be such a shame to lose this this like incredibly intelligent connected talented generation because of what's happening in the country and i think working with them at a distance even if at a distance is a way to keep them connected to the rest of the world and you know eventually when the crisis subsides hopefully fingers crossed i mean you know they, they'll be able to like kind of jump straight back into the into the rest of the world you know so we're currently working on something called the last floor academy which is going to be a kind of a training program uh, for screenwriters uh, in film and television in Lebanon and the region a bit, but with a focus on Lebanon. And the, the thing we're trying to solve basically is uh, either people who can't afford to go to university, but who have an interest in TV, or people who've been to um, a kind of uh, a program where they learn about film and television, but it's too theoretical. And like, we just really want people to get jobs, essentially. So like, that's what, what we're focusing on. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's one of many initiatives that are, that are going to come out in the coming months and years where people realize that it's not enough to just, you know, talk about Lebanon. It's not enough to occasionally send some money to a family member or a friend. It's more about like, how do we put things in place that are, um, you know, sustainable and will actually not be handouts and actually be giving people work and making people feel like what they're actually worth, which I think is a lot. Yeah, making a difference on, on a longer term. Um, what have you produced so far? Where can we see them? Let's, uh, let's say a few words on the Last Floor Productions. Yeah, so uh, so Last Floor Productions, we started it like at the beginning of 2020, which is a weird time to start a production company. Two friends, so I started with Firas Abu Fakhr, who, who everyone knows from Mashra Leila, and uh, a friend, Daniel Habib, who actually teaches screenwriting at Alba, amongst other things, is a great writer. And so we started it with a vision to create the kind of Arab TV that we felt was missing. So like things like horror, crime dramas, thrillers, <laughs> thrillers, etc. So our first show at the peak of lockdown, which we filmed kind of over Zoom and stuff, was called uh, Al Shaq, so Doubt. And um, that was for Shahid. Uh, it was a co-production with uh, like we, so it was Shahid original. And it was filmed partly in Beirut, partly in, um, in Saudi. Uh, and the second show is called Fixer, which is an action comedy uh, with an amazing cast of like Lebanese talent, um, uh, which actually got delayed sadly because of the explosion, etc., and the pandemic and all these things. But like we managed to do it in the end, and we're very, very proud of, of the result. Uh, and we got great feedback on that. We also did a campaign for Apple in India, uh, profiling these great Indian artists. Uh, now we're doing. Um, 
for the VNA Museum in London, we're doing the artist videos for the Jamil Prize, including a couple of videos in Beirut, which we're very excited about. Um, and we have now like about, I would say, I think it's six at this point, six uh, shows in development. So like they're at various stages of conversation with various uh, people around the world. We're you know talking in different countries. We're not we're, we want to tell like Arab focused or Arab led stories, but kind of anywhere in the world. So. We're developing stuff in Canada. We're developing stuff in the UK, uh, in the Middle East, across, you know, in Saudi and Lebanon. So, like, we're very, we're looking at like the world's our oyster. <laughs> uh, but um, it's been tough, you know, like uh, to kind of create these relationships on Zoom and stuff. And, and we're kind of ready to start traveling again and meet people. And you know, but it's incredible you know. what you've been able to achieve during such challenging times. You've produced, yeah, I mean, so much in the past year. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, part of Lebanon is partly to thank for that because the, because until Christmas, like kind of the COVID situation in Lebanon was pretty under control. Sadly, it went out of control at Christmas. Uh, but before then, it was we were able to function in Lebanon in a way that we weren't anywhere else. Like the rest of the world was shut down, but productions in Lebanon, Egypt, etc., were going on. Obviously, like a lot of testing, a lot of uh, you know being very careful. We you know we repurposed a lot of how things were written and and how things were set up to be safe. But it was much easier than in a lot of places which were very affected. Um, and yeah, now you know like hopefully vaccinations i've had my first shot of, of astrazeneca so I like you know I'm, i think what do we say mabrouk, mabrouk. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm just happy i'll take anything you can I'll take anything you have <laughs> um yeah because like there is like it's just this is a it's a people business you have to be around people you course, have to be chatting ideas hanging out like a lot of ideas don't come like in this one hour zoom meeting no, you have no. they come in the in the intermediary moments between the the real meetings over so, a drink exactly <laughs> yeah. so hopefully that's all coming back soon um it's always a pleasure chatting with you nestle you thank you so much i'll invite everyone to follow last floor productions online and we're looking forward of course to what you have in store for us next thank Talk you, to you soon so thank to you, you so much you were listening to destinations with layla 